Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. Hi there, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well and doing especially well because we heard a lot from listeners after our last episode with Tyler Scrub, which was so nice. So you know, nice. Sometimes I'll say we've noticed a dip in listenership for our crew episodes because not everyone recognizes the faces as we post them. And isn't right. that sad that mm-hmm. crew isn't recognized as such an integral part of each episode? Yeah. But we heard from a lot of you. A lot of you have car trouble, it seems, yeah. and are planning to make it out to Roosevelt Island, which is just so lovely. Yes, please flood his company with business. We would love to hear that we've been of some service to Tyler. Um, we did hear from one eagle-eared guest uh, who heard Tyler uh, have a little slip of the tongue. He called a car part a catheter, and our listener pointed out he probably meant catalytic converter by that. He did not mean, of course, a catheter. Buses do not need catheters. They're for people. So thank you for that correction. We always appreciate hearing from you about things like that. And in other, you know, huge news in our industry, we are still waiting to find out if SAG is going to be striking. SAG-AFTRA, that is. We just got word that the negotiations are being extended. So mm-hmm. new deadline for that. It's July 12th. Yes. And we are just on pins and needles hoping that Fran does the right thing. That's Fran Drescher, who is the president of SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, yeah. Really hoping to get this whole thing squared away. And I think the faster SAG strikes, the the faster we can hope that the studios will capitulate. And it's what we all want. You might have seen that a letter was going around signed by a number of famous actors, you know, urging negotiators not to cave in the negotiations. And though we did not make the headlines, we were proud to sign it ourselves. Yes. Joining Happy the likes of names. Meryl, who has come up on the podcast before, Jennifer Lawrence, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you know, a lot of a lot of our heroes. So yes. that felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Heroes and peers. Exactly. And another actor who is joining us in this fight, we assume, is our guest today, joining us to talk about season three, episode 15. This was a famous episode. Mm-hmm. It's the bottle within a bottle episode. Right. And Molly, did you see, actually, there was an interesting piece in Vulture, I think, last week that was dissecting what exactly is a bottle. Mm -hmm. And it's a term apparently that's become overused in television criticism. So I hope we're not misusing it here. I think that it meets all the definitions that the writer of that set up. I think so. And, you know, we didn't make it in the article, but I left a little comment suggesting that if people really want to watch a prime example of a bottle episode, they should check out this one. You yeah. know, Diana was getting very creative around this time. I don't know if she was feeling a little nervous, feeling the the axe getting ready to drop, perhaps. Right, right. She does leave at the end of the season uh, and is replaced by another showrunner. So we think maybe, you know, you never know what's, what's in the minds of the writers in the writer's room because that's such a separate process. But 
yes, definitely think there was something brewing for her and she decided to take a big creative swing here and it ended up being one of the most critically praised episodes in the entire show. Um, so joining us to recap that is our friend, series regular, Lenny Barber. Welcome, Lenny. Hi, long time. It's been a long time. I know. When, uh, yeah, when would it be the last time that we would have seen each other? Gosh, it some party, I'm sure, you know. On, maybe even the rap party, honestly. No. Oh, yeah, because you know it's wild because you always say it feels kind of like shows feel like re, like high school. And then, you know, you write in your yearbooks, keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, you see each other in passing like once every five years, if at all. If, and, right, uh, right. And I don't think, I mean, I've kept up with, with you all, but like. Of course, and same. Right. You know, it's yeah. very mutual. Good to see you. You're great. You're you're aging gracefully and beautifully. Oh, Lenny, stop! Thank you for saying it. We we need to hear that, and so we it's very really kind of it. you. Yeah, and <laughs> you are looking handsome as ever. Oh yes, and looking actually, you know, Rudy's sort of a you know, your character on the show is a little schlubby. We'll say it, but you yourself are looking so. Gosh, you're you're wearing a pocket square. I mean. You always wear a sharp dresser, but I really feel like there's been an evolution in style that I'm observing right now that I yeah. love. Yeah, you kind of ditched yeah. the cargo shorts, mm -hmm. and now we've got this. I love this for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think at the time, I just was feeling like, you know, just like that was my first show. I was thrust into it, and yeah. uh, but then coming out of there, you know, there was some some dark turns of just like, well, I don't feel good about myself and I'm eating like, cause you know, I didn't used to eat hot dogs before the show. And then that's like all I kept on thinking about afterwards. Oh, wow. It became a staple of my, my diet. No way. Uh, yeah. And just like going to all the barbecues I could and, and just like boiling all the time, the dogs. And so, um, right. <laughs> so you were boiling them. Wow. I mean, it's the quickest way. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. yeah. If you're looking to eat a lot of hot dogs, definitely boiling is the method. But I can't imagine it's the most delicious. No, it definitely isn't. I'm remembering that time you hosted us to watch that episode. I don't know when that was, maybe season four or something. And everyone yeah. brought hot dogs and yeah. that. You didn't look thrilled. And now I'm getting I'm getting why. I think individually we each thought that would be a funny, funny kind of joke. But yeah, it's kind of yeah. like one of those things like everybody has the same gag and then you're like, well, this is not mm -hmm. a, this doesn't define me. I mean, it defines a big part of my life, Ugh, but it doesn't define me as a person. It's not you, totally. Lenny. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and plus, you know, there was already like I had cooked a lot. Like, I don't know why people brought hot dogs. Uh, right. Because it was yeah. like I was hosting a party. So I was like, there's a lot of food here that I've prepared and got catered and stuff like that. And so we right. just had a lot of extra gag food, which was weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, apologies for that. Gosh. To be fair, like I, I didn't. It's not something I carried with me. You know, oh, so it wasn't like oh, good. I haven't okay. been waking up in the middle of the night thinking about this. Uh, right. I mean, I did. Okay. I did for the short term, but right. not okay. not since then. Okay. Okay. Well, good. And thank you for sharing it with us. Now we're happy to yes. you know adjust our behavior. Always, we are lifelong learners and. We actually say that a lot. I didn't expect to get any kind of death, I know. Uh, you came, oh, yeah. came on probably thinking, okay, I'm going to talk about all the scenes in this episode I started mm -hmm. and then get out it, but no. Yeah, let me talk to you about my low-key eating disorder I had for uh, five right. plus years. Right. Wow. That's why people well, like this show. I think we mm -hmm. get to go deep with people. We don't stay just surface level. If we want to stay right. surface level, people can go you know, read the AV Club recaps mm -hmm. of these shows, right? We're right. getting behind the scenes, the real, the real stories. who were there, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would say, yeah, the AV Club does those deep dives on certain episodes and gets the... The scoop from other people who were there too, but do you hear their voices? No, mm -mm. Yeah, no you mm -mm. don't hear it's the different. voices. 
And I wonder too, like I've never connected these dots, but I wonder if I never thought that maybe the experience I had on the show is the reason I never saw any of you again. Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because we have had, you know, little reunions here and there. We'll we'll go to those fan cons and, you know, meet people who love the show and you've never come out to those. Right. And I always assumed it was because you were working, but Yeah. I'm always struggling with whether I wanna ever be an actor again because before I get hired on my next thing, I always feel like this is I think this is a unique statement that uh, I feel like I'm never going to get hired again. I think I'm the uh-huh. only actor in the planet that's ever felt like that. Right. Weird. So then I was just coming out of those moments and then I would get hired and I would do little things here and there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would look at the, the stack. I have the stacks of the invites because for whatever reason, when I get invited to the, those conventions and stuff, they send it through snail mail. I don't know why. Uh-huh. So I have mm-hmm. a stack of envelopes uh, in my one, the one part of my office of just... I don't know. I just haven't been able to like, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the first year I, I go and, and face it. Cause I didn't even realize I had a fear of it, even though I literally have a physical embodiment of that fear, like on my office desk. Oh, wow. wow. And, and you yeah. don't throw them away. You don't recycle them. You leave them there. Now, isn't that interesting? Yeah. As a constant, I don't know, way to like stoke uh, fears. I didn't even understand. I was wow. like wrestling with, I guess. Well, Lenny, I give you full permission to throw those away. Mm-hmm. The next time there is an event like this, you will we'll text get, you. Yeah, you'll get a new invitation, so, maybe even in digital form. And mm-hmm. I think a clean slate here could be good for you because you don't need to be living with this burden. You really don't. Have they been fun? Have they been fun? Hmm. Well, you know, some are fun. It, you know, mm-hmm. closer to the end of the show, you know, a decade or eight or nine years ago. They were really, I mean, the, the energy was palpable. Yeah. There was one, we were just talking with um, Sharon Tank, of course, uh, the Australian actress who came to join our cast. She and I did one in Australia. I was the only one who could get out to Australia at the time. That was a really sort of fever pitch of excitement. Admittedly, a lot of it was for her because we were on her, you know, sort of home turf in Australia. But that was such a memorable one. And since then, you know, we've done a couple in Bristol, of course, the city where this show is set. Those have always been really fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but as the years pass, you know, I would say the, the more of us show up, of course, the more fun we have. Right. But on the, on the occasions when it's just one or two of us, it's, it yeah. can be tough. It does feel like work. Yeah. And, you know, related to the podcast, we're thinking of doing a, a bit of a podcast tour and... Mm-hmm. You would be an ideal guest because the fans haven't seen you in a bit. If yes. we could get you on stage, I mean, oh, that'd what be a, a draw. huge draw. And maybe that's the way back in to some of mm-hmm. these riding around related events. If you feel comfortable, no pressure. I don't mean to yeah, you I know, mean, put this on the record here, but you've got an invite uh, available if you want it. Let me see first like how long it takes me to uh, get rid of those uh, envelopes mm-hmm. and see how sure. it, you know, see, let me like sit in those moments and like see how it feels like when I get mm-hmm. rid of the first one, whether mm. it makes sense to shred it, whether it makes sense to like set fire mm-hmm. to it one oh. at a time or all of them together. Right. And then, and then once the pile is like kind of done, then I'll, let me, let me see how I feel. I mean, thank you so much. I, I would, I would oh, probably, I, I can't say I'd love to cause I don't know if I would love to. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but it's nice to, you know, feel like a part of something. And, and I haven't, I haven't really felt that in a, in a while. Oh. oh, and I'm curious, does that explain why it's taken, you know, until season three, episode 15 to get you on the pod? Because right, we've, we've been emailing. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot. On the record, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like, uh, like, I, I don't like feeling that level of isolation and I never have disliked mm. any of you. 
you know. Oh, good. And, uh, okay. Or at least I didn't think so. I think I was just like having gut reactions uh, mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I'm sure that listeners are going to really appreciate this sort of vulnerability because it's not something we do every episode, you know. So thank you for going there with us. I have to ask, how is your lovely wife and how does she feel about the huge uh, pile of trash? It sounds like on your <laughs> on your kitchen table, your desk. <laughs> Is she loving that? Yeah, like she's great. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, it's nice to be around somebody who's like a creative, but is not an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know. And so like we don't ever like our Venn diagram in terms of creativity. The middle is very full, but not in terms of what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's been really nice. Um, she doesn't like. I come in every once in a while to the office to like get something, but I don't really mm-hmm. hang out in there because I have like all the posters I have are from riding around okay. you know, oh, ev- yeah. every season poster is scripts that are signed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it, so it kind of really feels like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so in one way people could say that like, it's not just a pile, like er- everything could be trash really. Right. And not just like wow. a pile of envelopes. And so we, you know, she's not really allowed in there. And so she never sees it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I rarely allow myself to go in there too, unless it's just something like, for a pencil. I really, I should move the pencils. Like you should move them out of that room. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in the kitchen or something. But yeah. And so, uh, but otherwise she's great. I think it's important to have a room in your house that you don't always go in. Mm. That's not really a luxury I have here in New York, I have to say. Oh, I'm sorry. uh, I love that this is such a beautiful LA mindset that you have. And in the event that I end up back out there, I will have a junk room uh, and I can't wait. Uh, Well, hopefully some of our listeners can relate. But yeah, I've got a room where I just kind of put clothes that don't fit anymore and, you know, foods that have expired, but I want to (laughs) remember to replace. And it's just helpful. You know, you don't go in there a lot because, again, the feelings that come up, but to have it there is so nice. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know if you can have that extra room. There's other it's pretty versatile, I guess. Right. Gosh, I have to wonder if the existence of an extra room or extra space would have been helpful at all in my failed marriage. I don't, you know, I think ultimately probably not, but. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was surprised to, I just assumed that you were still with Derek. So I was assu- I was mm. surprised to hear that you're with Seth. Yeah. Okay. So you uh, haven't been listening to the podcast, huh? Well, here, let me catch you up. I, my husband and I did get a divorce and I learned afterwards he insisted that it was not because he was seeing someone else but from my girls who go to spend time at his new place I know that he is seeing uh, his secretary at work his you know an underling at work Mm. I in the meantime had struck up a business relationship with Seth MacFarlane I had been dabbling in drawing and animation Mm -hmm. yes Seth I I I know I know Seth No, get out of here. Oh. Isn't that so funny? I mean, it's a small yeah. world, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's our right. industry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So you were saying, oh, no, not um, at all. Well, we animation. just, you know, started in a professional capacity. He evaluated some of my drawings and thought they had potential. And um, I haven't shifted into that space at all yet, but our relationship did sort of shift into a more personal, at first friendly relationship. And then now I think I'm confident saying it, it's romantic. You know, he came on a cruise with me and my girls, and he's comfortable. I've asked him recently, like, you know, I do tend to talk about my personal life on my podcast. How do you feel about that? And he says, I don't, I don't care. Um, say what you want about me. He's I'm, great. He's yeah. great. Cause Derek did yeah. have a problem. So mm-hmm. that tells you something, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I remember meeting Derek back at the, well, I mean, we met all of our. Right. People. Yeah. Right. We, totally. They were all around set. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. of us. Yeah. I mean, who had partners. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't been to Seth's house. No, 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 I haven't. Oh, I have. 
Uh, and <gasps> so, I mean, Seth and oh, I'm feeling a little jealousy. Well, <laughs> Isn't I mean, that interesting? You know, uh, but it, it sounds too like maybe I had known him before you did. You know, oh, yeah. So I think so. Yeah, this is um, recent. Yeah. But Seth has room in his house for many empty rooms. Just right now, they're all like one giant room. Mm. But, you know, depending on how you play your cards, I guess. One uh, giant you could, room. Yeah. I mean, you could have rooms. You could have as many rooms as you, as you want that are unused. And maybe that will save wow. your future relationship with, uh, with Seth. Okay. Hmm. You know, I don't, uh, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on this one and just have a good time with it as yeah. it unfolds. But I do have to say that's nice to hear that, you know, I've already know that he's a very established career man and it's not surprising to me he has a large place. Money is not important to me, but it is nice to know that it's in play. <laughs> but wow, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so how do you know, Seth? How did you two get connected? I always love hearing stories. Isn't it so fun so to fun. hear stories about someone you're newly in love with from other people who are friends with them. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was some like big sexy story, but, uh, but it's not, it's a classic LA tale of, mm-hmm. uh, we met on a hike at Runyon Canyon. Oh, so, oh fun. Yeah. So we were on this hike and then, you know, I told him, uh, obviously I knew who he was and, and he knew who I was too. So we had this kind of weird, like, uh, not weird, but we had this like little bromance thing. Oh, and, uh, that's great. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so it was, just, you know, not, I guess it was a meet, meet cute kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Isn't that so sweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very I brief. love that. And I love, you know, he has strong male friendships. And that's something I really like about him. Because, you know, Derek really didn't have a lot of friends outside of work. No. And yeah. that, I think, puts a lot of strain on a marriage. It does. I think Derek was a little bit of a loser, you know, now that we're just being honest about things. And, and Seth yeah. is not that. So I think you're in a better spot now. And... You know, if I'm you, I'm figuring out how I can get to that house. You know, right. he's inviting <laughs> friends over, but not you. I, that's interesting to me. Well, the last time I was in L.A., you know, I was not right. No, yeah. in a position to be visiting uh, anyone's fair, fair, house, fair. except for You're, yours. I was a wreck, and, yeah, yeah. you know, things were still messy with Derek. But now that they're not, yeah, I mean, I got to get out there. And I'll, I'll look up, I'll, I'll look you up when I do. Lenny, certainly. I. It's funny that I haven't come up, because I, like, I, I stay at Seth's house every once in a while. Wow. Oh my gosh. I live out in um in the desert really. And so it's rare for me to like come back into town and okay. and so and usually mm. I you know send him a quick uh mail. You know, now that I'm saying this too it's like I I I realize that I'm the reason I like the the mail thing is perpetuated by me. I right. I'm the big, yeah. yeah, you're sending him. Um, yeah. I mean it's sweet. Nobody takes the time to communicate right. like that anymore. And you know and, and you know usually like my life is very slow so I, I'm able to have a good lead time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll send this letter and then wait for it to get there, wait for it to, for the person to like respond to it, mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. for it to come back to me. Uh, so usually I like, I try to make plans like at least, you know, 90 days in advance. I love that. The intention That's behind so that sweet. is really yes. beautiful because here I am just shooting off texts mm-hmm. here and there and seeing what comes back and right. there's no intention to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, one of my favorite Instagram accounts is called Letters of Note, and it's just beautiful correspondence from the olden days when people took the time to really write to one another. And oh, maybe I'll try to revive that in my own life a little bit. That's so wonderful. Seth, Seth responds to, to snail mail. Like he, he, of course that's he a does. thing I could, yeah, if there's anything I ever have given you for your relationship, it's that. Okay. And I bet he does little fun doodles in the margins mm-hmm. and. Oh, what yeah, a, each, each one is a priceless collectible. 
Wow. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, listen, I could talk about Seth with you all day and I'm in sort of that newly Twitter-pated stage where that would be a fun use of time for me but I think Mm -hmm. our fans are going to want to hear this episode recap because this is such a a wild episode that you're a crucial part of. So, Mm -hmm. Malin, would you go ahead and read the synopsis of season three, episode 15? Rudy decides to stay on the bus nonstop in protest of new rules about no food on the bus in this historic bottle episode of Riding Around. Wow. So yeah. that just sells it pretty good. No B story here. We just got Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. You know, how's that feel? Yeah. This is your first time being featured in this way on the show. Uh, were you happy about it? Were you anxious at all? Yeah, I was. Uh, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well. Like you are always, especially in an ensemble that. Mm-hmm doesn't really feel like an ensemble a lot of times because mm-hmm. you know yeah. all, there is like uh, a couple of leads there's a clear um, star here there's yes. a hierarchy to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is a hierarchy to it and so uh so even though you are considered one of the stars of the show it doesn't mean that you feel like it all the time mm-hmm. and and they're just like waiting for your episode you know you're you're the whole the whole first season the whole second season i was just like all right when am i going to get my arc yeah, I was surprised to see it was going to be this because simultaneously they were giving me a lot of responsibility because of the nature of the episode of just being mostly me and people coming right. to to me and interacting with me. So I had a lot of lines, which was cool. But like, I was almost like mad about it because oh, no. I was like, and in, 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 you know, I've done a lot of growing since then. But sure. at the time, I was like, I almost had like a reverse reaction to it, where I was like, "Cool, thanks for this," but also like. Why are you giving this to me now? Why didn't you give this to me like two years ago? Like, right. like Ooh, why yeah. do I have to wait this long? Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, and so we, we can both relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you know, network television at that time it was doing like a, a, you know, a ton of episodes. So that's, yeah, I just didn't understand why. Like, I couldn't do the connective tissue, like the math of like why it was taking so long, and then being upset about it and being happy about it. But I mean, I'm glad that it all worked out, and and people ended up liking all the the choices. It was. It was tough to command attention like that. We're just like sitting in, in the same seat. Right. All, mm-hmm. You know, and every episode takes, what, it took us like eight or nine days per episode. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. Yeah. It was weird to like be sitting down. The whole, it almost felt like a weird stage playing. Yeah. I mean, that was that a and, lot of the reviews we got at the time were that this felt very play-like. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that reviewers responded to. You know, the general public, not as much. But this, I think, was a very heady episode for true fans of television. Yeah, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, funny, like I did read all those reviews, uh, every review I could. Wow. Oh, brave. Is that a conscious thing or you can't help yourself? I I can't help myself. And it comes from, I think my dad would be reading them to me anyway. Oh. Mm. And so I just kind of take out the middleman and like, you know, take control yeah. of the situation. Right. Like, Beat him to read the it. punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be like, I already read it, dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that a lot. And, uh, and mm-hmm. so, but sitting in the back of the bus, you know, I was, I was surprised that there were not like people liked it as a writing around episode, but they failed to connect it to the world at large and what we were trying to say with it. Mm-hmm. Um, with like, you know, back of the bus like comes with a lot of connotations of just like right. the bad Oof. kids sit in the back of the bus like the harder kids sit in the back of the bus or also uh, a person of color not being able to sit necessarily where they want to sit for right. X amount of years and and who's mm-hmm. sitting in the back of the bus now and also you know so but nobody talked about that 
you know, um, and every time I tried in like interviews, people just kind of shut it down and just wanted to talk about, you know, me stuffing hot dogs in my face. Uh, and that's and was revealed in that episode that that's where I kept them all, especially with the protests. I kept them all mm-hmm. underneath the back seat. Right. Um, so yeah. people really love that gag, but they didn't like the social commentary at large. Right. Yeah, it's interesting to imagine how this episode might have been received if it hadn't been written by a white writer. Yeah. How did you feel about receiving that sort of storyline from someone who couldn't really understand it? Were you you were open to the collaboration with Dominic Russo, who wrote, who wrote this episode? Well, Dom, Dom and I, like, our relationship kind of only worked if I allowed myself to be the butt of the jokes. Mm. So like anytime that I would like try to push back on something, then immediately it would seem like I'm labeling somebody as like, you know, uh, a fat shamer or like a racist or all these words that, and he was so, he was so hell bent on being like, nothing is sacred. That's my comedy. I'm Mm -hmm. edgy and this is what I do. And I have to say, yeah, even as a, as a white woman, there were times when I felt very, very, alarmed by that so i can't imagine being in your shoes especially in this episode yeah yeah so it was a lot of that but the only way i could be part of the boys club was Mm -hmm. if i was just like oh yeah totally like i don't care about (laughs) this like microaggression that you just said and you know and 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 had i then maybe i wouldn't have lasted every season you know because people get fired for less right that's always the risk right Yeah. yeah and so like so i was like hey dom maybe we should like you know have you ever seen you know movies like do the right thing or like uh, a lot of other like you know Van Peebles movies and stuff Crash. like that things that are just like yeah yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah have you ever seen Crash it's a yes or no question Dom right, they tackle yeah. the real mm-hmm. issues the real yeah and you know his answers were always no and uh, and he was just like funny is funny and um, you know and I would look right. at my bank account and be like yeah maybe funny is funny uh, right yeah and just just do it. You know, and and ended up getting all these accolades, but maybe for I don't want to say the wrong reasons, but it wasn't what I thought would be like that we should be actually getting like a um, maybe not as strong as like a Nobel Prize, but like something, something. I was just like, look at what this television is doing. It's not just some dumb sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, we weren't. Yeah, really I mean, we were telling a lot that. of working class stories. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we were really in there. We did commentary on a lot of police brutality. You know, mm-hmm. and there's. It's dubious how well it always worked, right? Because, right, right. again, the writers writing these stories were often white and often male. But we were trying. We were taking the swings, you know? Yeah, and I think yeah. that should have counted for more. Yeah, there should yeah. be an award in television for an attempt to improve society. Something yes. like that, right? Like, so many shows are putting in the work, you know, effective or not, that can be debated. But I think they really tried. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to miss. It's easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Like you can be, you know, Joe or Joan or whoever cute mm-hmm. public watching it at home and just get really distracted by the bus itself. Yep. You know, and the hot dogs and mm-hmm. you know, cute love whatever. story. Sure. Yeah. But... And whatever you like you two were doing um, somewhere in the middle toward front of the bus, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just miss all this, you know, minutia and all these like things that we we're trying to say because otherwise you know you're at home and you're just trying to like cook some lasagna or something for your kids and you're not really paying attention to it like that easy to forget that most of america is at home cooking lasagna for their kids as they're watching television and yeah i mean you know we're all on set thinking we're the center of the world and we're making a real statement and they're cooking lasagna you know what an amazing Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. metaphor i mean and harder dishes 
Oh, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ratatouille or a, um, what's a hard dish? Uh, <laughs> I'm not much of a cook myself. A, a, a gumbo. A People gumbo. People could be like oh, making wow. a stew, yeah, some kind of paella. Yeah, paella. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Any of the soup-based dishes that take a while, yeah. Are those the yeah, hardest then- ones? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. It seems like a sort of a one pot. In my mind, I, and I, I'm not much of a cook either. In my mind, you just, you dump everything in and, you know, set it, stir right. it occasionally. I think, more, I think it's more about time, uh, you know, so right. like, and there's right. more, it's really on the prep. So it's like, are they prepping oh. a lasagna? Are they right. prepping right. a gumbo? Mm-hmm. Are they prepping a paella as they're watching these shows? Right. Next thing you know, these shows are getting such big shares and ratings, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. really it's because someone has just been cooking through must-see TV primetime two hours. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, I wish people would treat TV a little more like books, where you mm-hmm. have to stop and dedicate your entire focus to mm-hmm. the task at hand. Although I'll say the, the advent of audiobooks, you know, hardly anyone's reading anymore. It's, oh, you're so a problem right. I've had with my girls at school. You know, they want to listen to all their textbooks, and I'm like, you're not going to absorb the information that way, but... They insist I'm being old-fashioned. How do you even know that's what they're listening to either? Oh, gosh. Oh, Mullen, thank oh, you. Yeah, I worry that I didn't even know I needed to have. <laughs> they could be listening to Cardi B at the same time that they're telling me that they're, you know, listening to the Bill Nye Masterclass I bought them on <laughs> the alignment of the planets. So mm-hmm. isn't that... Yeah, two different things. Very uh-huh. different things. Yeah, two different things. I spent a lot of money on that Masterclass. And... I'm starting to get a little worried it's not being used. You know, Lenny, I hate to take it back to this sort of silly place, but we did get a listener question from Sam in Idaho, just the state, not a city name. Sam in Idaho Mm -hmm. wants to know how many... I guess he's not calling in. Yeah, not calling in, but Sam will listen, so I think that's Mm -hmm. nice. Hi, Sam. How many hot dogs did you eat in this episode? And I'm Oof. sorry that the the question is about, you know, this sort of what we right. now know to be sort of triggering. I suppose I could have made the call to not read it. But we're right here right really now to but honor listener questions because, yeah. you know, we're, we're so grateful for them. So, you know, just a ballpark is fine. Yeah, let me just collect myself. Um. Okay. And in the meantime, I'll just share that, you know, while you're taking this moment, yeah. Malin and I not involved in this episode you can see a sort of Mm-mm. blurry at the front of the bus you know in a couple of the angles mm-hmm. we are sort of looking out at the bus but for the rest of the time the camera really is turned on you and then ethel also sitting at the back of the bus sort of chatting with you about your hunger strike because she of course is old enough that she's lived through several protest movements and she has actually some experience in hunger striking because you were eating a lot and that's where you two got into a a bit of a a tangle in the episode you were calling it a hunger strike and ethel was objecting to the term yeah like yeah ethel and i really clashed on that a bunch because she was saying it wasn't a true hunger strike however (laughs) i was saying the whole reason it was happening is because of the strike that they were the strike on my hunger that they were trying to inflict on me mm-hmm. by right. not allowing food on there. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Which is such a hilarious I mean, you delivered it with such gravity, but a hilarious joke. You know, it's a strike on my hunger. Yeah. Yeah, strike on my hunger. And, you know, Ethel, uh, it's like the most friction I've ever experienced with another actor. So I was like, you're not even a writer on the show. So like, I know. what do you yeah. go take it up with Dom? And, you know, and my answer to to the listener question is, you know, it, this actually un- unveils, I don't know if you ladies knew this, that I actually ended up being upset on two fronts. One was having to eat that amount of hot dogs. 
Mm-hmm. And another thing was the fact that like they wouldn't give me credit where credit was due because I thought I was going to be breaking some kind of world record for hot dogs right, consumed right, right. by one person in X amount of days. Uh, and I was like, we're going to have a video proof of this because all this is being shot for television. Right. Right. You know, but then there was some kind of issue where like, you know, when we reached out to the Guinness folks, like it wasn't like continuous uh, role, like video. Oh, and so oh. they were saying that technically that you could have done could anything, but yeah. Th- Oh my gosh! Days. And we tried to show them the metadata of like the the files mm. that we were like recording and everything, and they just didn't. So I was just like, "So what am I doing this for?" No one cares that this was like a, no. a like ra- racially uh, uh, you know poignant episode. No. Nobody cares that this was like a you know a body positive episode. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares that I ate all these for record. Right. People mm-hmm. just cared about the the fact that it was just a, a funny episode because you know people were coming in and watching this this guy eat. You know, and uh, just pretend to be on a not pretend be on a hunger strike right. that was uh, not actually a hunger strike. Oh, that's a real shame because you were offered a spit bucket and you said no. I'm going for right. the record, and to hear that it was all for naught. I mean, these Guinness people—they are so picky. That's just yeah. silly to, to think that we would go to those that you would go to those efforts to fake this record. I mean, I'm I'm upset just talking about it. Yeah, yeah and also the other the other in- things. Also, yeah, very yeah. upset about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was uh, I was also uh, dabbling in method at the time. Like that was the first time that I was like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember you came to me for some advice on that because that yeah, because you know, Molly was method, queen of method. Yeah, over yeah. Here. Well, you were the yes. you were the one that told me about it. Yeah, like, I, I was trying to get everybody to do it, it and <laughs> thank God you did. Yeah, <laughs> Ke- not me. Kelly wasn't having it. I yeah. said absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being like so like doe eyed. Is that a thing? Doe-eyed, wide-eyed, wide-eyed probably mm-hmm. when you told me that. And I was just like, wait, so I don't have to pretend. Right. You I can live just it. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was really striking to me because uh, it's way harder to pretend. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. way harder to pretend to do the thing, which is what I assumed, what I understood acting to be mm-hmm. than to yeah. just doesn't have to be yeah. Do, yeah. You just do it in real life. And then people just assume that you're pretending anyway. Mm-hmm. How now? How'd your wife do with that? Were you bringing it home with you? Yeah. So for dinner every night, are you forcing her to also eat the hot dogs? Yeah, because I, I told I was straight up was like, look, I'm really going for the Emmy here with this thing, right? You know, right. this oh. is this is what's happening. Like, look yeah. at all the all the underlying themes here and all that stuff, and it does come at the the cost of me eating a copious amount of hot dogs mm-hmm. that I'm bringing home with me, literally. And uh, and you know, she she's a. a you know, a graphic designer and like a painter and stuff like that. So she understood, you know, and, and she, mm-hmm. she didn't eat any of them herself, but she understood like why, like yeah. the reason and why, why I couldn't just turn it, it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That goes back to that Venn diagram you were talking about earlier, where you have just enough artistic interest in common that she can understand the pursuit of something bigger than herself. And mm-hmm. isn't that beautiful to have so beautiful in a partner? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to circle back to the very beginning really quick, if we can. How did you initially, what was the casting process like for you on Riding Around? This would have been, I guess, 2006, 2007, before we went on the air. How, how was your audition? Do you have any memories about it? And did you know that you booked it? Could you tell? You know, I don't know if you remember this, but I wasn't in the, the full pilot. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Like I was in like the credits like sequence mm-hmm. because I was just like walking by the set 
And uh, and so I ended up getting and they realized this in the edit and it was like a, they couldn't cut around me at all. You know, oh. like they, just because of the way it happened to work out, like I wasn't one of the background performers or anything like that. And and so so it ended up being this whole thing because now they're like, well, we have to pay this person because they didn't sign a release. Mm-hmm. They're just like wow. in, the, in the show. Oh, and, oh uh, that's so a PA. They, that's a PA fired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they had to, they tracked me down and they're like, Hey, uh, would you release your, um, would you release your, your likeness to this episode of <gasps> mm-hmm. this new show and all this stuff? And I was like, no, um, it just, right. so happens wow. that I'm, a, I'm an actor. And so you, you can use me. They're like, did you do this on purpose? I was like, no, I didn't. I was just, I just knew where you were shooting. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. I was just there. And, wow, uh, how smart. Oh my gosh. Then, how sad of you to have, yeah. to have gained it like that. I'm going to have to rewatch the pilot because mm-hmm. That yeah, is an incredible story. I didn't wow. even clock. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so and so I was able to parlay that. Um, I did have an agent at the time, and I was able to parlay that as like, hey, maybe I'm a major character in this show. Mm-hmm. And then they started writing me writing me in. So like I actually yeah. did an audition. I didn't do a studio test. Uh, I I just kind of like literally walked on to the set. Wow. Wow. I'm that's so, a real. I hate to say it. I'm so jealous of that story and i (laughs) have to wonder is it through hell yeah repeatable (laughs) yeah could i be wandering onto sets now and seeing what happens um yeah i mean that's what i I, that's what i would i I briefly taught some acting classes and i i would always uh after like the seven day course at the end i would say hey i hope you learned something here with like all the uh stage work and all the like script Mm -hmm. analysis we did but if there's one thing i could tell you to take away from it's like just try to walk by a set track down those call sheets find those addresses and i don't want to say in the beginning because i I want them to stay for the whole class of course people taking shortcuts and yeah but Mm -hmm. right at the end of the day sure why not try it the easy thing and then see See if that works. If the easy yeah. thing works, I mean, <laughs> why why do hard work? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't uh, know how much it, it has worked for other people. You know, the Bronx Tale kid. He was he was found by uh, De Niro on some boardwalk or whatever. And, oh wow! Uh, Is that granted, right? They weren't right. shooting yet, and uh, I think he did have to eventually audition and stuff. But regardless, um, yeah, your yeah, way sounds sounds better. And I know we get a lot of industry folk listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. So if there are any aspiring actors out there, why don't you give this a try and report back? Mm-hmm. And then if you're able to, I mean, granted, I didn't try the method until right. No, of course, leading that comes up later. to my episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it comes out. Yeah, it's like first get the job, then become a good actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, yes. And honestly, yeah. hey, I think that's what happened to me. I think I learned so much on this show. I don't even know how good I was before I got to do this sort of. I don't know, master class, you know, watching yeah. people like Ethel and Gus act, you, you pick up a lot and you really mm-hmm. find, you find your skill that way, I think. Yes. And working with different directors who bring out different totally. things and you mm-hmm. different performances, you mm-hmm. know, it's, we were so lucky to have had the time that yeah. we had to really live in these characters. And Lenny, we've been so lucky to have this time with you today. We're so thankful to you for coming on. And I hope that this represents a juncture in our lives where we all are in better touch now. And now that we know yes. the most effective way to reach you, we'll be doing it more often. Yeah. Send me a letter. Um, I will 1000% uh, receive it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. But now that I'm like on this side of the tracks, I think I do want to open myself up to like getting back into this and re- rekindling with you all. And I mean, it sounds like I'm going to see you at Seth's house any day now. I um, hope so. Right. 
Wow, yeah. wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. And I know that you've taken some steps back, but do you have anything that you, you're working on right now that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything we can promote? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to be actually, uh, I do a lot of uh, uh, charity work, actually. And, um, uh-huh. and so, I sh- wow. I, so I show up and try to raise some cash and help to, you know, raise the profile of certain events and stuff like that. And I'm going to, going to be joining up with uh, some people up in Seattle on uh, July 29th to raise a bunch of money for uh, the Seattle Humane Society. And Jonathan Fernandez is going to be there. Trisha Helfer is going to be there. Rekha Sharma, Katie Sackoff, Bender, who's like a local, not shock jock, but he's like a morning zoo guy that's really known <gasps> oh, uh, well in, in Seattle. He's like a big part of Seattle. And so... Uh, so a bunch of Battlestar Galactica ladies and and Jonathan Fernandez <laughs> will be there wow. uh, raising cash and and also uh, like in Memphis for St Jude in August I can't remember exactly the date but uh, there's gonna be like some, some philanthropy also where like uh, Jonathan Fernandez is gonna be out there playing golf um, in Memphis for the PGA it's like when the PGA tour is also in Memphis wow uh, and St Jude the hospital is in Memphis so. Uh, we're gonna tour the hospital and hopefully meet some of the oh. kids. And oh, isn't that uh, so great? My goodness. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, you know, that guy Jonathan's a good friend of mine, and he's he's uh-huh. working on a lot of stuff like behind the scenes, like he's getting his directing career off the ground, and he's gonna shoot his first. Uh, he's gonna have his directorial <gasps> debut soon for a short oh, film that isn't he that wrote. Fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah. and he's writing a book. He's writing a graphic uh, memoir. Um, oh my goodness! So, so those things take time, and there's no like hard date for those things. But just totally, be, totally be aware that they're right. On the, Absolutely, the I mean, so generous of you to promote this actor too, <laughs> and also so inspiring to hear about your charity work because for a while I was really trying to get a charity started, mm-hmm. and it never really got off the it's ground. Amazing. I was going for something that helped women and girls uh, in potentially high high conflict theaters in other parts of the world. And then I really dropped it. And this has been such a helpful reminder yeah. to get back on the horse and really get that charity off the ground. So thank you. Know, you. It, is, it is easier to work with other charities, you know, like uh, getting oh, your own off the ground. Existing not, charities, you think, is the way to go? I'm not saying it's necessarily the way to go, but it's mm. significantly easier because of the, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of work putting something oh, together. Oh boy, don't I know. Sure. And I, sure. I, I think a part of the motivation, honestly, if I'm, wow, I might, have to mm. cut this out, but it was the appeal of having my name on something. I think I, ooh, yeah, you know, I liked that idea. Of course. But why wouldn't I instead throw my considerable weight behind another worthy cause? I think that's a really humble still, way to do you it. you still get your name involved. Like you can still put your name on the donations. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe enough to get your own wing somewhere. Oh, yeah. oh, that would oh be cool. wing would be so nice. Yeah, the Kelly Quinn Memorial Wing of. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a memorial because I'm still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, it could be memorializing whoever what did pass. So it could be like right. the Kelly Quinn Memorial for X person. Yes, mm. oh, I love that. I love that. Something to look into. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Lenny, for gracing us with your presence. It's been such a delight. You got it. I'm going by Leonard now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. No, no, Leonard. you don't know. You don't know. Leonard, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram.
Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.